So anyways, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. We're going to uh, be looking today in um, the book of John chapter 16. We're going to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Somebody came up and mentioned to me they hadn't heard a sermon for a while on the Holy Spirit, and I was in the queue to preach. So I said, well, we can fix that. And so today we're going to speak about the Holy Spirit. And we're going to begin in John chapter 15, verse 5. And this is the Lord here, and he's getting ready um, to leave. He is uh, getting ready to prepare to go back to heaven. He has told the disciples what's coming ahead and uh, what's, what's going to take place. And he's having a powwow with them, and he is helping them to understand the next leg of this journey uh, of the work that God is doing in the redemption of mankind. So in John chapter 16, we're going to read verses 5 through 15. He says, But now I'm going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these, thing to, these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. And concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But he, or but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak, uh, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will not take of mine, he will take of mine and disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and he will disclose it to you. So today we're going to look at the third person of the Trinity. We're going to look at the work that he does. And, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is probably one of the most uh, mysterious elements of the, of the triune God and the most misunderstood by both believers and unbelievers alike. Uh, a lot of people uh, attribute things to the Holy Spirit that is not the job of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people ex have expectations of the Holy Spirit that are not what God has said the Holy Spirit is going to do in the life of a believer. And so, for example, you know, that if you have enough faith and believe in the Holy Spirit will provide you with wealth, for example, we hear, or, or something like that. And so, uh, today we're going to see clearly from the lips of Jesus the role of the Holy Spirit in, in this world. And he pretty much defines it, uh, and everything that the Holy Spirit does evolves around these verses and around this concept of what the Lord is describing the Holy Spirit's work in the life of believers and non-believers. So in the Gospel of John, Jesus told his disciples what the Spirit would, would do, and everything the Holy Spirit does evolves around what we find here. First of all, we're going to look at what the Holy Spirit does in regard to believers, and so he's speaking to the disciples, followers of his that have been with him through everything. They have seen his, his ministry. They have seen his miracles. They have seen his death. They have seen his resurrection. They have spent time with Jesus. They have been intimate with Jesus. Uh, they, they have been close to Jesus. And so these are followers of Christ. And these, uh, the Lord begins by describing what the Holy Spirit is going to do in their life. The work of the Holy Spirit, first of all, though, is clearly related to the departure of Christ. Verses 5 through 7 tells us that these things that the Holy Spirit is about to do in their lives would not take place until Jesus leaves. The Holy Spirit's role is different than that of Christ, but is a continuation of the same ministry, the same work of redemption that God has... Whoops, I keep bumping something. 
that God is doing in the life of people. And so these things would not happen until Jesus left. The response of the disciples to that was that they were really sorrowful, that they hmm, what is it, James? That they were sorrowful and that they had a lot of grief. And so, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of sorrow and grief because, again, they've spent all this time with Jesus. They've seen him die. They've seen him raised from the dead. They, were, they had an expectation that now he would build his kingdom on earth, that they would be a part of that, and that, that, that everything now would be just the way that it should be, and that they personally would be benefit because they were close to Jesus and that they had a relationship with Jesus. And now he's saying, I'm leaving. And so part of the sorrow and grief comes from the fact of their love for him. I mean, who, let's all uh, admit it. You know, if we had time with Jesus and then he left, we'd be having some sorrow and grief too. But the other side of that equation is they were thinking of their, themselves and what it meant for them to lose Jesus. They were not thinking of the plan of God that, he was, being, that was being executed through the life and the death of Jesus that was going to be carried on through the work of the Holy Spirit in the ministry of reaching people uh, to come to faith in Jesus Christ, they were not looking at the bigger picture. They were looking at how it impacted them personally. And so many times we look at the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of God in our life very much the same way. We, we want to check off the box in our life that we are saved, that we are not going to spend eternity separated from God in hell, and that we want the blessings promised in Scripture through the power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. And so we want all those things, and rightly so, but we lose sight that that is just a small portion of the picture uh, that Jesus is painting here of the work of the Holy Spirit and the bigger plan that he is executing in the redemption of mankind. And so we, we take the work of God and the work of the Spirit to be for ourselves instead of recognizing the reality that it is for the world. And so we want to corner God, right, leverage God to provide the emotional needs and the physical needs that we have while missing the point that God is at work at a bigger scheme of things and a bigger picture. And so our view sometimes of what the Holy Spirit is up to can sometimes be a little tainted and off. And so the response of the disciples was at this news that Jesus was leaving was grief and sorrow, and they had experienced Christ at work in their lives and the lives of others, which culminated at the cross. Um, they had yet, though, to experience and recognize the value of what the work of the Holy Spirit would be in their lives and in the lives of others. So they had tasted Jesus. They had experienced him personally. They had yet to feel and understand and acknowledge and know and experience the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. And Jesus has talked about the Holy Spirit going to be working in their life in several occasions before this. But because they are fixated on the then and now and their relationship with Christ, they're missing some of the things that he's told them. Remember in Acts 1.8, in the early church, he said, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and the uttermost parts of it. And so he's told them that time and many other times about the work of the Holy Spirit that was coming into their life. But again... They were not focusing on the big picture. They were focusing on the then and now. And so uh, they, they had experienced Jesus, but the, and the value uh, of, the, of the work that Jesus has done culminating at the cross in their own life, but they had yet to experience the value and the work of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. Sounds like I'm spitting every couple of seconds. <clears throat> so Jesus tries to help them understand Jesus in his patient, loving way, working with his disciples, 
who had over and over again not gotten the point and he had to break it down and explain it to him. And he does that once again. And he begins to explain to them the work of the Holy Spirit that's going to take place in their life and in the plan that God had uh, to redeem mankind. And so he says, uh, Jesus declares that what was to come would be an advantage to them in verse 7. Would be an advantage to them. We need to recognize that Jesus has uh, gone back to heaven and sits on the right hand of God, but he has left the believer with an advantage. And that word advantage that's used there in the Greek can be, boy, this is crazy, uh, can, uh, can mean uh, and something that's expedient. In other words, this advantage that God is giving us is a means of attaining an end. It is for a purpose to accomplish a mission in our life. The Holy Spirit is not here working willy-nilly, and we're going to see that from Scripture in a few minutes. But the Holy Spirit is sent by the Lord Jesus Christ into our lives with a purpose and a plan to execute for our advantage and for our benefit. And so the Holy Spirit is at work in my life and the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, executing out the plan of God on your behalf for you and in you and in me. And so the Holy Spirit has a specific set of guidelines, a specific task that he has been charged with and a specific thing that he is working to accomplish out in the lives of believers and in, in, in the work of reaching the lost. And so again, Jesus is telling them that it's an advantage that he would come to them. And so he tells them again, just briefly, what some of those advantages were, would be. He's already told them back in Matthew chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, that the Holy Spirit would be a comfort and a help for the disciples as they carried out their mission. It's kind of comical, isn't it? He would provide a, a comfort to disciples as they carry out the, their mission. And so again, the Holy Spirit, absolutely. What's another name for the, the Holy Spirit? The comforter, Right? And so in the life of the believer, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and he takes, he takes what we know of God and he, he shores it up in our faith and helps us and comforts us so that when we are going out and we're facing the world and we're either being persecuted or we have trials or tribulations or testings of our faith or uh, we are uh, needing to be a witness or salt and light in our community and those we come in contact with, the Holy Spirit comes alongside and he offers aid and support and comfort in that work that we are doing and in that life that we are living. And so the Holy Spirit is an advantage to believers in that area. And we find that again in, in chapter 15. In chapter 7 of, uh, our, of John, he said he would provide life-giving power to those who believed. It is the Spirit that, again, uh, uh, works to draw people to the Lord Jesus Christ, that illumines the hearts and minds of a person who is dead in their trespasses and sin, who is unable and incapable of coming to Christ on their own because of their fallen, sinful nature, being dead in their trespasses and sin. It is the Holy Spirit that quickens us. In the, in the old King James, they use the word quickens us or to make us alive spiritually so that we can respond to the truth of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit aids in our coming to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he would provide also, we see in chapter 14, verses 16 through 17, his indwelling presence. And so again, uh, Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How does he do that? Through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. He is with us, daylight to dark, 24-7, at work in our life for our good and God's glory. 
the Holy Spirit is at work all the time. He is always present in our life. He is always using the word of God to touch our hearts and to touch our minds and to mold our lives into the image of Christ. And so the Holy Spirit is at work in our life and he is there to comfort us and to indwell us. Also, he, he, tells, he had told them in chapter 14, verse 26, that the Holy Spirit would teach and remind them of all they needed to know to fulfill their mission. And so again, the Holy Spirit fills in the blanks for the believer. When we come to faith in Christ and we understand that we are, again, uh, sinners in need of a Savior and we repent and we build our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is at work to help us understand what that should look like. How we should grow in our faith and in our walk and in our talk. The Holy Spirit is taking, again, the word of God and the revelation of God and helping us apply it into our lives and how we live. So the Holy Spirit is at work in that way. So Jesus has given them several ways that the Holy Spirit is going to be a benefit to them before we get to this point in Scripture and after this point in Scripture. So that's how the Holy Spirit is working in regard to believers. Secondly, we're going to look at how the Holy Spirit works in regard to the lost. And that picks up in verses 8 through 11. And the, these verses clearly define the relation of the Holy Spirit to the lost world. He says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteous judgment. We're going to look at, again, at what the work of the Holy Spirit is in with regard to the lost. And again, his work with the lost is clearly defined in these verses from the Lord Jesus Christ. And it starts off by the fact that he's going to uh, convict people of their sins. Our salvation, here's what you need to understand. Our salvation is planned by God the Father. It was procured by God the Son, and it is applied to our lives by God the Holy Spirit. And that's a quote by Alistair Begg. It's great. So to the benefit of the lost world, just like there's a benefit to the saved by having the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit at work of life, there is a benefit to the lost by having the Holy Spirit come. And Jesus is sharing that with them. And so the benefit to them is that he's going to apply the work of the Lord Jesus Christ's atonement to the life of a lost person. He's going to, again, work in the life of the lost person by calling them and drawing to Christ and giving them the ability to recognize the work of Christ, the righteous Christ on the cross, who paid for the price of the sinful sinner who is being now worked over by the Holy Spirit with the things of God. And so the benefit to the lost world is the Holy Spirit is going to apply the work of, of the atonement of Jesus Christ to their lives so that they can see that. And how does he do that work? And Jesus starts off by telling us here, to do this work in the world, he sends the Holy Spirit, first of all, to us. He uses us with the Holy Spirit. So if you look at Jesus, our text in verse 7, it says, But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I will go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to who? To you. To me. Right? And so the way that the Holy Spirit, again, begins his work in the life of a lost person is by getting us first on the same page. Right? Because we are a part of the plan that God uses to draw people to himself. He uses his word, his spirit, and his people. Amen. We are a part of God's redemptive plan. Not just the recipients of the plan, but a part of executing the plan. Right? Not because God needs us, but because he has chose to include us in, in using us in his plan. We are a part of the work of God. 
That's why it's important that our, our life conforms to the image of Christ so that we might be salt and light to those that we come in contact with and have an impact and a role in them coming to Christ. Our mantra here is get people to Jesus as fast as we can. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean that we just go out and grab and snatch people by the head of the hair and drag them in like they did in the old day with a giant King James Bible whack over the forehead right? No, it was weird to go out and to impact them so that they see that there is something different in our life and that it begins to pique their interest and the Holy Spirit uses that then to work into their life the truth of Jesus Christ so that they may come to him. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit does in relationship to bringing the lost to the Lord is that he infuses our life and helps us live our life in such a way that it makes an impact. His work in the world is a work of conviction. He convicts those who don't believe in Jesus. And he's not convicting them in the sense of being of, of, of passing judgment and sentence. He is uh, convincing them in the sense of helping them understand. He's trying to convince them. So the conviction, the goal is convincing, right? The judge is Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is not judging. The Holy Spirit is convicting to convince them of their need of a Savior. Right, And so um, uh, his work in the world is declaring the world guilty of sin, we see in verse 8. He will convict in regard to sin because they do not believe in me, Jesus said. So the sin that he is convicting primarily and to begin the dialogue with is that they do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not that they're not, uh, it's not about uh, convicting them of their sins of lying or stealing or murder. Or, it is the, 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 the sin that must be dealt with for them to come to faith in Christ is that they do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come to convict them of their sin. Their sin is they do not believe in me. And so he is at work to convince and to convict them of their need of a Savior in regard to their sins. And John 3.18, it says this, He who believes in him is not judged. He who, believes not believe ha- uh, he who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So it's pretty clear that the Holy Spirit's work is important in the life of a lost person to convict them of their need to believe in the righteous Savior. Next, he will convict them in regard to righteousness, Jesus said. That Jesus is righteous. And the evidence that Jesus is righteous is that he is about to go to the Father. There is no way that he would enter into the presence of God Almighty if he was not righteous, right? And so he's about to convict them of uh, the Holy Spirit is going to work in the life of the believer to convict them of their need to believe in a Savior and that he is a righteous Savior. He has to be a righteous Savior to be a uh, adequate atonement for our sin, right? If he was not righteous, he would not be uh, worthy of being the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And so uh, Jesus says he's going to convict them in regard to righteousness. Uh, Verse 10 says, this above all else ratifies the reality that he is God the Son. The reality that Jesus is ascending to the Father ratifies the reality that Jesus is the Son who he claimed to be. He would not have the avenue to return to heaven if it were not given to him by God the Father. So it ratifies the fact of his claims of being the Son of God to be true and accurate. And so the Holy Spirit convicts the lost person of the righteousness of Christ to include the fact that he is God the Son. 
And so the Holy Spirit does that work in life. Only the Spirit convict the lost of the righteousness of Christ. If I go out of my own accord and just try to convince people that Jesus is someone they should place their faith in and the Holy Spirit is not at work, I can, I can use all the analytical tools at my disposal and all the knowledge that I've accumulated and all those kinds of things. But let me tell you something. I've had those arguments with people, and when the Holy Spirit wasn't at work in their life, it bounced off them. and they had, It didn't matter how logical I was and how, uh, how good my uh, discourse was. I've had long debates with people about the, Jesus Christ, and if, if the Holy Spirit is not at work, it just doesn't take. We have to rely. If we, if we have a burden for the loss, we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to work in their life. Yes, we are to be salt and light. Yes, we are to be a testimony and witness to the reality of the righteous, risen Lord Jesus Christ. But the reality is that the Lord saves, I don't. And the Lord draws people to salvation through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. And so, again, the Holy Spirit is at work to uh, convict in regard to righteousness, according to the Lord Jesus Christ in verse 10. Next, he says he will convict in verse 11 in regard to judgment. And he says Satan is in that judgment and all those that follow him. Satan in this world under Satan's rule stands condemned and judged for its sin. Right? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There are uh, none righteous no, not one, right? So the world uh, is convicted and stands judged and condemned in their sin along with the devil who is the leader of the pack. And the devil, I mean, and the Holy Spirit works to convict, again, the lost person of the reality of their position before God, judged and condemned unless they come to faith in Jesus Christ. Right. So the Holy Spirit is at work in the lives of the lost people in those ways. He judges uh, he judges them and convicts them in regards to righteousness. He convicts them in regards to the judgment. And he convicts them in regards to their sin. Uh, and so again, when the Spirit of God uh, comes to the mind of a lost man or woman, he convicts them in these ways. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a lost person. You know, uh, I'm going to say something that's controversial here. But, you know, the, the Holy Spirit... Uh, only works that way in the life of a lost person. He has no other job. He's not answering the prayers. He's not, he's not comforting. He's not doing all those other things that he does for the believer. Those promises are for us who are in the faith who believe. Those promises are not for a lost person. This is what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a lost person. So without these works of the Spirit, the lost are without hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that if the Spirit does not do his work, the natural man, or in other words, the lost man, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit is not at work in a person's life, they will not believe. They will not come to faith. The, the things that you tell them about Jesus, no matter how true they are and how much we know and are assured of the reality of them, they make no sense to a lost person. Why would you believe in this Jewish guy that died thousands of years ago and made a claim to be raised from the dead? That's against all logic. That's against all reason. It's crazy. Why would you do that? Because the Holy Spirit bears witness with my spirit, according to Scripture, and has shown me the reality of the risen Savior. That's why I believe. Not because I'm smart or analytical. 
and I can weigh the evidence and make a judgment for myself with my own mental assent. It is because the Holy Spirit came into my life and did a work so that I might have the scales and the weight of sin taken off my eyes and off my mind and understand the work of Christ in my life. So the Holy Spirit works in that way. So the last thing that Jesus goes on to tell us about is how the Holy Spirit works in regards to the church. And that is found in verses 12 through 15. And we're just going to reread those together as we come to close. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So again, in their condition of grief and sorrow because the Lord is leaving, they're not thinking logically. They're not remembering some of the stuff he's already taught them. Uh, they're not, they're, they're not foc focusing on the big picture, but uh, here before long, the Holy Spirit is going to come and empower them to do, to do the things and to know the things and to understand the things and to believe the things and to execute the things that Christ has taught them for all this time. And so, again, he says, I, I'd like to tell you more, but you're not ready for it. But then he gives them the answer and the solution to that problem. He says in verse 13, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, and let's stop there. Here he refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of truth. And so we want to fixate on that. God's word is true, right? The Holy Spirit is proclaiming the word of God, and we're going to see that further in the verse. But what, what we get from the Holy Spirit, we can rely on because it is true. What we get from the Holy Spirit will always match up with what we get from God's word. What we get from the Holy Spirit will always match up with God's will and plan for our life. If you are feeling led by the Spirit to do something that doesn't reflect Scripture, you are not being led by the Spirit. There's an old preacher that told in a sermon when I was young, said, uh, when a door in your life opens, check to see whose hand was on the knob. Right? And so, again, uh, a lot of people say, well, the Spirit is leading me to tell you, Pastor, that you should do this and this and this. If that doesn't match up with what Scripture says, the Spirit didn't lead you to tell the pastor that. You led yourself to tell the pastor that, right? If the Holy Spirit says, you know, um, you know, I really love this person and I know they're not a Christian, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue them. The Holy Spirit didn't tell you that. You told yourself that. And we can go on and on again. If, if it is contrary to the word of God, the Spirit is not in it because the Spirit is truth. He goes on to say when he comes, he will guide you into all that truth. So again, here's part of the Holy Spirit's job in the life of those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ to guide us into the truth and the reality of our relationship with God. The Holy Spirit's job and the Holy Spirit's work in our life is to guide us into the truth and the reality of the work of God in our life. So again, if it doesn't match up with what we know and what has been revealed, it is not of the Spirit. For he will not speak of his own initiative. So Jesus goes on to explain the fact that the Holy Spirit is not running his own show. He's not doing his own thing. He is in tandem and in, in, in unity with God the Father and God the Son. It is the same plan. The, God, before the foundation of the world, determined the plan and began to execute the plan. The Lord Jesus Christ executed his portion of plan being the atonement for our sins. And now the Holy Spirit is executing his portion of the plan in applying that atonement to our lives and bringing us to Christ and to faith in him. And it's all the same plan that started before the foundation of the world. And so the Holy Spirit is working in tandem. He will not speak of his own initiative. 
But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. And so the Holy Spirit is on the same page with God the Father and God the Son. Here's the other thing that is important in the life of believers in the church that the Holy Spirit does. He will glorify me, Jesus said. The work that the Holy Spirit does, you can authenticate it by the reality of the fact that it will always glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. If somebody's proclaiming to you a work of the Holy Spirit and it glorifies them or the church or something or someone other than the Lord Jesus Christ, you discount it and you disavow it in your life because it is not the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's work will always glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you, all things that the Father has of mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. So there we have the three elements of how the Holy Spirit works in the life of believers, how Holy Spirit lives, works in the life of the lost, and how the Holy Spirit works in the life of the body of believers, the church, from the lips of the Lord Jesus Christ directly to his followers. So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer and we'll have an invitation. Father, I don't know what anybody needs to do today, but I know this, that they need to be yielding to the work and the will and the leading of the Holy Spirit in their life in relationship to God's word and God's will for their life. So, Father, we pray that as a body of believers, as followers of Jesus, that our heart's desire will be to follow that leading of the Holy Spirit, to be faithful to you, to love you, and to live our life according to your plan and according to your will. We pray now that you'll bless our invitation time, and we thank you for it in your name. Amen.